Thank you for listening to the Spectrum Lounge. If you enjoy this podcast, please support us at patreon.com backslash filmfatale underscore NYC. And be sure to subscribe to the Spectrum Lounge. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creatives of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, I speak with actor Quintessa Swindell from season four of the HBO original series, In Treatment. Take a listen. Hi, Quintessa. How are you? Oh my God, you look gorgeous. The hair, stop it. Thank you. I tried. Of course, you look great as always. I love to see it. I'm like looking at the books behind you. I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is my little collection. I just got this one from um, a friend of mine, Robert Jones. It's called The Prophets. (gasps) Whoa, wait. I'm not even going to front. I like had, I saw it on like Amazon or something. And I was like, wait, what? I thought it was way thinner. So I'm. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> it's a read, but it's, it's totally worth it. It's, it's such, it's like his writing. It kind of reminds me of Toni Morrison. It's very poetic, <laughs> and lyrical. Yeah, it's really I'm good. I'm so weak because I <laughs> legit just saw that. I'm so dead. Wait, no, I feel like I have to show you. So I, it's yeah. not like a lie. Oh no! But, absolutely. <laughs> okay, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Not a problem. Okay. Um, yes, I wanted to talk to you about in treatment. I I loved your performance. I just love that whole storyline with with your character Layla. Um, the bulk of your scenes are are with Uzu Adoba. What was it like working with Uzu? Oh, she's incredible, phenomenal. There was like, I just have like such a massive respect for her. Like outside of in treatment. And Mm -hmm. so when we were able to like sit down, it was just like, wow, like, okay, this is amazing. She's giving me so much. There's so much in these scenes. They're full bodied. They're different every single time. Mm -hmm. And like wrapping my head around that. And she was just amazing. Like, I can't imagine like having, you know, anyone else kind of like in this space, like talking about these like topics, honestly, she was phenomenal. Right. Um, I loved all the episodes, but especially with with week three, mm-hmm. um, because you're hitting on so many different topics like corporal punishment, yes. the black community, and then yes. racial trauma. And um, I wanted to, because I think what was so beautiful about your scenes with, with Uzo is the fact that we have, I think it's a rarity where you see a black woman, a non-binary black character just speaking so openly about mm-hmm. our feelings, about our pain, our hurt, just making that space for us to be able mm-hmm. to speak that way. What was your entryway when you got the script and kind of preparing to play Layla? What was what was your entryway? What things were you thinking about to connect with that mm-hmm. character? I think it was like, okay, so basically like when I first like was reading Layla, in my head, I'm like, okay, so like, here's the homework, like, reach out to friends that are younger, who have like family members that are right now, like in school during a pandemic, like not in school, like, they haven't seen their friends, they're in isolation, like, what are the circumstances for them, understanding that, and translating that in the most authentic way, given Layla's circumstances of her household, of um, where she's at with her, you know, partner, like, 
it was all of those things. I was just like hyper-focused and like making it real, I guess. And it's, I forget. Okay. Your first, the first part of this question, you Mm -hmm. said like, as like a non-binary person, I think it's fascinating, like Layla being non-binary, right? Right. I think it's interesting because I don't think Layla is non-binary. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, I don't think she is because that was my interpretation too. When I read those lines, when I was like seeing her, I was like, oh, wait, it's me? You know, like, <laughs> no, but it was fascinating because it's like, no, she's she's not. Like, she's a young, like, femme. She's queer, yeah, but she's not, she hasn't given herself like any type of label either. And I think that's really beautiful and something that's kind of like happening within you know, a younger generation, it's like not being held to any type of specific identity, because it's like this trait that I feel like a lot of young people have. And I mean, a lot of people have it in general, but it's like being very like malleable Mm -hmm. and understanding, like self-actualizing oneself to be like, I'm very young and this is what I like now. And that could change and that can shift and my identity can shift and change. And that's completely okay because I am young and it's realizing these things and not holding anyone to like a specific identification themselves, like included. And it was kind of like learning that a little bit more for me, like going into it, I was like, oh no, like if you're non-binary, you're non-binary, you're they, them. There's no he, they, there's no she, they, it's they, them. And it was just like, I had to go through this unlearning of being like, yeah, that's not the case, actually. Like, you can, you can be he, they, she, they, you can be he, 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 him, they, them. You can be all of these things because like when you're in the spectrum of identity, there's no, there, there are no rules. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the interesting thing, like, you know, being a young person within this time, you know, Layla in this period of time, like, knowing that and understanding that when it comes to blackness as well and like you know her experiences and self-actualizing her identity amongst her families and how that differs from Brooke and how that difference like differs and I think it's really interesting the space that young people are in now there's like a, a futility to it in a way rationalizing that but it's it's also like a really significant and very beautiful I think moment and it's a very long-winded answer, but like I feel like, that's like, like understanding all of these concepts floating in the world now and then being a young person portraying all of that, you know? So it's like, that's why she goes through all of those topics because that's, that's like the book that like kids get nowadays, you know? It's like you have social media. It's like, there's this problem. There's this problem. There's this pro- problem. Also, there's like this and you didn't expect this. And it's like balancing that in as like a young person and what does that look like and how authentic can I portray that? So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. um, And then speaking of corporal punishment, because you, your character in Brooke talk about um, the fact that Layla has a lot of trauma, Mm -hmm. not only racial trauma, but trauma even within her own coming from her own family and just having that conversation recalling when her grandmother um, beat her. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that she's still carrying on today. And just this idea of like, 
I loved what Layla said when she was like, well, you know what happens when black girls mess up, right? Like, Don't <laughs> you, know what, you know what happens. And we see that in real time. And I wanted to talk to you about that because I do feel that there's a certain lack of space or grace that, that black women or non-binary people are given in order to mess up, right? Like, you know, white women can mess up, white men can mess up. But when it comes to us, it's like, we have to be, it's this idea of like black exceptionalism. So hmm. I wanted to talk to you first about like kind of doing that scene, just kind of going through those lines hmm. um, and just how that applies to your own personal life. I mean, being a non-binary actor in Hollywood, like how does that, do you feel like those constraints and those boundaries where you feel like you can't mess up? Like I'm, you know, I'm representative of, of this demographic and so I have to do everything perfect. Do you feel that that pressure? Hmm. That's a really good question, actually. Um, for me, uh, no, because like I kind of came into it like when my agent and I like first started working together, it was very like transparent. It was like, OK, so what's the deal? Is this OK, cool. And like he I think to this point, like he's kind of like a fa father figure to me. And he kind of has instilled like, just be yourself, like be authentic. And like, for me, as of late, I've just kind of gotten to this point where I'm like, of course, I'm going to make mistakes. Of course, I'm, I don't know everything. Of course, I'm not like the staple, um, like, you know, activist, of course, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be perfect. And especially like a perfect representation of the non-binary community, because like I was saying before, like, it's a spectrum you know, like different people, you know, represent all facets of it. And it's a very broad and very beautiful thing. Um, so for me, I've definitely accepted the fact that I'm just here to do the best that I can to be authentic as I can and to be as honest as I can, not only with myself, but to everyone else and also showcase that that honesty is kind of like the root of like you know, it's individuality and it's being comfortable with individuality and like sticking up for it. Um, so yeah, I've never felt that pressure. And if I if I had, I would like turn to like my friends and be like, I'm really feeling this. And they're like, <laughs> like I would cuss, but I'm not gonna cuss. <laughs> but like, they'd be like, get out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, stop, like, no. like don't you don't have to like give in to like that type of pressure and I feel like that pressure is definitely like in the industry especially as a non-binary person especially as a person of color I mean of course showing up doing 10 times the amount of work um but it's also kind of like it's the thing that makes us strong like the strongest the most resilient and though it's like yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a, a tough one, but I feel like showing up and like being ourselves is like what matters now. And I feel like that's what young people and I feel like all people are kind of coming to the consensus that inspires us the most. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like what I've like stuck myself to is like, if I was a younger person, like if I was a teenager, like maybe even a child, if I saw myself up on screen, like, would that child realize who are they, who they were quicker? Would mm -hmm. they like find like wholeness in who they were? You know, mm -hmm. it's like wanting to inspire kind of like the child in me, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah, 100% authentic. I love that answer. <laughs> um, and then um, my last question to you is, um, 
I think this was like in the first or second episode and I, I really loved it. There was this conversation between Brooke and Layla where they were making the distinction between sex and pleasure, right? Oh. <laughs> so I wanted like to ask you wedding. What? Like you came with the questions. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but, sorry, sorry. You oh, no, that's fine, that's fine. So I wanted to ask you like during this pandemic and you know, being locked down, what were some of the things that you found surprisingly that or things that you felt that that you find you get derived pleasure from literally yeah (laughs) like that thing over here like oh nice (laughs) you had like no idea like I yeah for sure like I found like I have like a, a very like deep connection to like music and like wanting to create music wanting to work on music writing music and just literally only doing that for myself like to like and that has kind of like allowed me to be kind of like in a a meditative state like a peaceful state like being able to get a piece of music and work on that all day and honestly that was like the thing that kind of carried me through last year is like committing to something you know and like also finally having the time to like commit to something holy um not like h-o-l-y but w-h-o-l that is what holy hello yeah 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 is that a guitar or is that a bass i i always mix those two up oh no that's a guitar <laughs> so is that is that self-taught have you taught yourself or you're taking like online classes or it's crazy at the start of last year like i was supposed to play like a guitarist in a show mm. and that show didn't end up happening and i already had a guitar coach so I didn't stop because I like really liked it. And it was like, oh, when, you know, in a few weeks when COVID is over, we'll get back to production. So right. me and that coach had just like kept on working and we still work to this day. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's wild, but yeah. I love that. Well, thank you. So I know I don't have time to ask you, but I'm so excited to see you in Black Adam as Cyclone. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, we're, we're doing the thing. Yeah, are, are you doing the superhero training? Because I've been following Aldis Hodge and The Rock <laughs> competing with each other. I'm like, Aldis <laughs> has been going off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing like all sorts of training. Like, it's actually insane. Like, my whole body hurts, but it also is like the most flexible and the most, and the strongest it's ever been in my life. Wow. Yes, which is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, I'm so excited for it. It's going to be bomb. It's, it's going to be good. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Quintessa. Thank yes. You. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Too. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Bye.